Hello, and welcome to Alive or Just Blethering, a podcast where two 30-somethings discuss the music we found and loved growing up. My name is Chris Lavender, and with me is my fellow host, Keith McLeod. In the room. In the fucking room. Today on Alive or Just Blethering, we're going to have a special episode and do our namesake, and we're just going to discuss Killswitch Engage. Amen. So, without further ado, let's get on. What the fuck is up, Lev? I'm down south, here we are. You are down south, welcome to Yorkshire, mate. Damn right, thank you very much for my wonderful host. Yeah, man, thank, thanks. With the most this. thanks for jumping the train and, and, uh, and joining us here. Hang on, wait, I'll just reach for my beer as well. Uh, we're going to crack some tinnies and have a chat. Fuck yeah, so for um, our new listeners, welcome to the pod. <laughs> this is a pod where 2.30-somethings just... Pretty much talk shit about the music we loved growing up. But Lav lives in Scotland and I live in England. So this is the first time ever that we have done the podcast in the same room. That might mean nothing to you guys, but we're quite excited. I'm really excited. If anyone wants to reach out to us on the socials, at at AOGB podcast, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whether you like it or not. We're on YouTube as well, although don't expect any recent videos because i forgot to put them up recently <laughs> oh we've had a very busy few weeks but uh, i think things seem to be falling into normality and discussing this album albums for kill switch engage yep it's going to be an interesting wee chat well for anyone who's not realized although a few people have picked up on it we are alive or just blethering and that is a blatant play on alive or just breathing which is a soundtrack an album that we have, we should all know. If you're a metal fan and it's 2021 and you got through your metal life without knowing Killswitch Engage, how how, how the fuck did you do it? How, how how did this one pass you by? This is just one of those bands that were just there from from the beginning, not the beginning because we already did Lincoln Park. That was the beginning, I suppose. But this is the band that really got me into that metalcore sound. Yeah. I sort of said last week that 2004 is a bit of an explosion for me. Like, you know, we've identified albums we want to talk about coming up and you can sort of see it on the little spready that we've got that 2004 just goes from 2004, 2005, things just get pretty big for me. And that there, there's reasons for that. I left high school. Uh, I met some like-minded people that I hadn't known before. We made a band and, you know, music became my life for years after that point. Yeah. But Kill Switch Engage was, I think Kill Switch Engage was probably in my life before 2004. But it's, so what, Alive or Just Blathering? Alive or Just Blathering. Yeah, we knew it was going to happen. Done it already. <laughs> there we go. Done it already. When did Alive or Just Breathing come out? 2002. 2002. So. I distinctly remember hearing My Last Serenade on Kerrang! It was either Kerrang! or MTV2, probably Kerrang! And now the only extreme music I probably heard before that was probably Slipknot. Yeah. If, if I was thinking like in, a, in chronological order, I heard Slipknot probably a year or two perhaps before this. Probably about a year. Same. But this was the first time I'd heard something as tight mm. and... Oh man, the, the double bass on My Last Serenade stuck with me. 
I remember going on a hill walk with my dad, like literally just after watching Kerrang! And just having that. Were you just full of angst? That double bass cannot, cannot get her past it. We were listening to it last night and man, it's got some groove. Yeah, Kill Switch Engage has everything. Everything that I, I fell in love with in 2002, everything I still love to this day. It has jaggy as fuck riffs. It has double kick just to melt your face off. The bass is just deep and grumbling and like grumbling, rumbling. Like it's huge. The vocalists are phenomenal the screams are great there's backing screams there's like dynamic layers going on there's cleans to like just that get you in your soul that was it it was that clean like if the first time if if anyone was there the first time you heard my last serenade it starts really gentle lures you in it's a trap it lures you in it's like this nice acoustic roll and, of the cards. And then fucking bish. And, and I'm like, right, there we go. And the next thing that happens, so you've got the Jesse's vocals like totally tearing a new one. And then all of a sudden, it's like this beautiful, clean, this is my life. When he sings my life, this is my life serenade. I am not going to try and attempt it. Yeah, we're not there. We're not in that place. But <laughs> honestly, just that moment when you see how dynamic the band can be. That song was the best song that they could have ever made a video for because that sold the entire Killswitch Engage idea to me and that was me in. Yeah, same, 100%. And like even at the time as well, I mean, I remember that song coming on in clubs and like as you first sort of venture out into like rock clubs and metal clubs and shit like that and they're playing stuff like that. Couldn't move for days afterwards. Like, my neck was just, like, had just seized after a night of, like, headbanging to stuff. Oh, the bangovers were real. Yeah, the, the bangovers. <laughs> yeah, man. They, they, they were so good. And they've been so, you know, to coin the phrase, like, instrumental in throughout the years of, like, my listening preferences. Like, I've always came back to Kill Switch Engage. I've always been a fan. You know, seen them live. The live shows were amazing. Adam D's a weird guy, but he he's is... such a troll. He's really funny. Like, he is funny. I've, I I I mean, there must be lines that he's crossed with people. I'm aware that he crossed the lines when he was doing the recording for Under Oath. All right, what happened there? Um, so anyone that sorry, we've kind of jumped a bit ahead here. So anyone who doesn't know the the Killswitch Engage guitarist, I'm only going to call him Adam D because the surname is pronounced something that I'm going to say wrong. Djevic. Jutkovic? I'm not sure. So Adam D. Sorry, Adam, for butchering your surname. I'm, I'm sure really we're not sorry. the only cunts to do so. Adam D is absolutely instrumental in the sound that Killswitch Engage had. And for those who aren't aware, he is effectively responsible for most of the greatest records released between 2000 and 2010, effectively. And ongoing, actually. You know, he's, he's, yep. been, he's still... He's still busy. He's still making so many good records. But one of them that he did, he recorded with Underoath, who were like a Christian metalcore band. Mm-hmm. Or they, Christianity was, was part of their, their deal. And apparently he was a bit trolly with them. Right. Which Didn't I really respect their faith. I don't know if he was disrespecting the faith, but he at least was making some kind of 
joke or being lighthearted about it at the expense of the faith at the expense of the faith at the expense of the band and it's if you i've heard it's on an under oath documentary on the making of it's either on the making of define the great line or lost in the sound of separation Mm -hmm. but that's so he's clearly got his lines but when you watch him perform on stage he's wearing a cape he's usually got fangs in and he's got like knee pads on or he dresses like he's about to do a fucking aerobics video i'm pretty sure he likes to joke about buttholes and stuff all the time yeah he's the guy's a living joke. south park episode yeah. <laughs> he's he is literally just like ready to party and and he brought a lot of sort of fun to metal which metal takes itself really seriously it can do it very very much can do uh, and adam didn't do that he he he, he saw that he, he recognized that it's a bit you know What's wrong with having a bit of fun, having a laugh, making some dick jokes and fart yeah. jokes while you're on stage? Do it, you know? Yeah. And totally, it comes off really well. He, he's a total presence, and like, watching interviews with him, he's just a funny guy. Yeah, like, I mean, we actually, we, we tried to watch a more recent YouTube video interview of him last night, and it was fucking painful. This doesn't correspond to him being a funny guy at all, but we, you know, we were just going through some stuff last night and, and watching some videos. was awkward as fuck. <laughs> and the interviewer, like, I, f- I felt for Adam D because here he is 20 years into his career, kill switch engage. He's, let's call him the godfather of, of metalcore. I'm going to go into some of the, the albums he's produced, but here's this, here's this absolute legend of, of a musician and he's got some twenty-something YouTuber asking just the shittest question. You could see Adam was trying to inject, like, th- some kind of humor into it, and the kid was just like, "Anyway, back then, my my question was, you know, how how do you feel about being titled metalcore? Like, kid, come on, he's been asked that question a billion times. All right, you're not Sean Evans from Hot Ones, but like, do a bit of effort. Yeah." Yeah, so it's was... the guy that's done the effort. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, so so yeah, Adam D. There we go. We'll, we're definitely going to be talking about some of the albums he's named on. Well, let's go through a few because we're saying we're saying he's he's done. Well, let's, let's let's leave Killswitch and get behind and talk <laughs> about Adam on. D. Because we're talking about how he's the you know he's he has been instrumental in the metalcore sound for for years let's talk about some of the the albums that he has produced so we've got the acadia strain we've got as i lay dying august burns red from autumn to ashes holy shit he did he is legend i am hollywood i love that album he also did johnny truant another band from brighton another band from brighton to pick up on last week's episode Uh, norma jean bless the martyr kiss the child that is what that is one we're going to talk about one day soon okay um but that was a, that was an instrumental album in my journey he did the two parkway drive albums that are by far and away my most favorite albums under oath as i've already mentioned unearth now if again another band that totally sealed the deal for me on metalcore if you ever listen to unearth the oncoming storm that is one of like those albums you must listen to before you die okay um it's a good one and then he did like some of the later Devil Wears Prada albums, and he was a mixer on with Caliban, yeah, who so, were around at that same time too. We're I'm going to do a Caliban album because sort of Caliban were almost my second coming into metalcore. I'd maybe sort of like I'd sort of been listening to Killswitch Engage and, and a few of those other bands as I lay dying etc for a while, and I was kind of getting a bit bored with it. And then I found European metalcore, Heaven Shall Burn, Caliban. 
in flames in flames and caliban now there's there's anyone listening might think what the fuck is european metalcore there is there is a distinct difference between american metalcore and european metalcore if anything i'd maybe argue killswitch are possibly the bridge killswitch Mm. are american metalcore but they're the better example of american metalcore they get described as um the new wave of american heavy metal right and and i can agree with that because it was before metalcore is a funny a funny term to coin because i think metalcore today sounds very different to the metalcore that we had 20 years ago what is metalcore today i see metalcore today i would put bands probably like devil wears prada but they were Adam D did a metal Adam group D did that. That, that you know did some of their stuff, so they've been around um, for a few years. And they were kind of not 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 to like put these genres into concrete and like label these bands yeah, forever as the these genres because the Devil Wears Prada have changed over the years. But they were much more screamo when they started off. They were uh, they're much more raspy and they've, yeah. they've mellowed they've mellowed that sound down significantly. Very much so. Thinking, I mean, it, it just comes in waves, and I think it's when you do genreify a band you start you, you pigeonhole them you put them in a in a space in your mind that is accessible for the future so th- there are regional scenes within metalcore so it's like there's sure. subgenres of of subgenres which is when it gets really fucking stupid i've always struggled with that stuff yeah i mean again it is just the human condition to put things in places that make it make sense mm-hmm which is why you'll find that bands that you may struggle to enjoy <laughs> because you can't pigeonhole them. We were, you're talking about the human condition. In our research last night, we ended up just tro- like going through YouTube and then we watched the YouTuber, who is an awesome YouTuber called Ben from Canada, and he did an exposition and a breakdown on his favourite scene of The Matrix. And it's um, when Agent Smith interrogates... Uh, Morpheus and uh, like he talks about like the human condition you crave subjugation or that may be a quote from Loki I don't know but he essentially saying that like we like we built the, the first matrix was a paradise and you couldn't accept it because it was too nice so humans need to be shit on like and that just reminded me of that and that's funny okay well anyway back to back to, back back to, to kill search engage kill search engage so alive are just breathing nice I got it that was a that was the first album that I I heard some songs on. The next time I heard them was the video for Fixation on the Darkness. Mm-hmm. Which did not have Jesse. Did not. Very confusing to begin with. Very much so, because Jesse went from being a tall white dude with a chin strap beard. With an absolutely amazing poker straight right angle chin strap into goatee like strong look man strong strong metalcore look to begin with but suddenly he turned into a absolute buff, henge black guy buff black bald. guy <laughs> how do you how do you do that what 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 was that was that maybe just the camera angle uh no no they they got a different vocalist and it was it was confusing at first but i think i i, I dealt with it and from what I've read, I understand Jesse had left the band yep. because of his, his mental health. And the band kind of took it in a stride and they found Howard. And yep. that was when Howard Jones joined. So he joined pretty much right after Alive Just Breathing got released. Like the launch board. Like he was... Killswitch were on an astronomical rise. This could have ended them. Like Jesse leaving could have ended them. But they 
and and I don't know the backstory, but they landed Howard Jones, who there's forever been the conversation of who's better, Jesse or Howard, and we both agree the conversations are relevant. Totally, totally relevant. They're two different. They're, they're two very very talented singers, incredible vocalists, and. I think when you move on to the next album, The End of Heartache, the band changed the way they wrote songs to suit. They had a way of writing songs with Howard to suit Howard's vocals, yep. and they had a way of writing songs with Jesse to suit Jesse's voice. Yep. And that is where I think, so if, you, if anyone goes on Spotify, there's a version of Alive or Just Breathing, I think let's call it the Top Shelf Records edition, yep. and it's got Fixation on the Darkness with Howard Jones singing. Yep. And I don't like that version of the song. It's not great. It's not good. It's fixation on the darkness. Like the riffs are there. Everything about that song is the same. But the vocals being Jesse or Howard. Just no offense to Howard because he's done two to three great albums with Killswitch later on. But you're right. It's It was never Howard's song. It was yeah. Jesse's song. So it wasn't until the follow-up to Alive or Just Breathing, the end of Heartache came out when Howard really flexed. And boy, did he flex. Fucking Rose of Sharon, if you didn't hear, if you didn't get into Killswitch Engage by My Last Serenade, mm-hmm. like we did, you got into it because of Rose of Sharon. Yep. That is a jam, that song. And it, again, it has everything. It has jaggy riffs, it has the vocals, it has the, like, it's just... They were just the com- they are the complete pa- have been the complete package for so long. I think I noticed it in kind of getting ahead of myself. Noticed it on Alive Just Breathing is the the melding of sounds. So you mentioned that European sound. So mm-hmm. if we if we sort of trace the lineage of, of European metal, it's got a lot of roots in could could go all the way back to like the Norwegian death metal scene, which introduced that sort of trill picking fast and then we have the gothenburg metal scene later on which is where you get your inflames from and then a lot of bands took that sound at the gates the at the gates really made that sound if we if we were going to trace kill switch engages like biggest influence mm-hmm. has to be at the gates like they introduced okay. that whole like alternate picking sort of right. sound that kill switch nailed and i think that's whenever you look at something the person that did it first isn't necessarily the person that did it best. True. So did Apple invent the MP3 player? No. Did they make the most successful MP3 player? Fuck yeah. Absolutely. Wasn't it? And it, on paper, and by by many standards, it did not do what some of the cheaper players did, and it didn't do it particularly well in some areas. But the point is that they refined it, and they made it usable. Apply that to metal in the same way. So yeah, Killswitch, they took the formula that At The Gates were doing really well with and perfected it. And that's where Adam and his production skills, uh, him and, uh, was it was it Mike, the other guitarist? Uh, Joel's the other guitarist. Joel's Mike, the other guitarist, Mike's bass player. Mike's the bass player. So yeah, they, they, they took that sound and they made it their own, but they also had just implemented on previous work. So... Yeah, that's that was that European esque sound, and where you send the saying that the, the bridge, I, I absolutely get where you're coming from. Yeah, with that. yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not crediting Killswitch Engage with creating the metalcore sound. Um, I think it's fair to say I think it's fair to credit them for helping to advance 
and perfect the metalcore sound. Well, they pushed it forward. Yeah, especially for for those ten years. That those noughties. That you know that. that it's weird to say, but it's it's funny. I think the time that Killswitch were maybe most influential was the time Howard was in the band. But people are so romantic over Jesse, and obviously Jesse has came back to the the, the fold. And there's no animosity. Jesse and Howard are, are are total chums. But why does Jesse hold so much weight and credit? Because he was on Alive or Just Breathing. I think a lot of people hold Alive or Just Breathing in that like sort of god tier yeah album. And, sure, and I've. So so this for this podcast, for this recording, I have gone back and listened to I was the I think we might have said on the on the previous recording we were gonna do from the the previous album, the self titled Kill Switch Engage, Alive or Just Breathing, End of Heartache, and As Daylight Dies. Yeah. We ended up dropping the self titled because effectively that album got re recorded into Alive or Just Breathing. Essentially, uh, it, the order changed. There might be one or two extra songs, but it's effectively just demos mm-hmm. of of alive and just breathing. So I don't think it would be fair to to compare. Mm-hmm. So I thought, you know what, the two that really stand out for me, alive and just breathing and end of heartache. And I do remember listening to as daylight dies, and going back over them this time round. I've made a decision on the two. Alive Just Breathing or End of Heartache, which I prefer. And I've made a, a sort of retrospective discovery that I don't really like as Daylight Dies. And that's why I dropped off from them. Right. Okay. And it, Take us through that. Why? I, so you, retrospectively, you, you've, you've, you've found out, do you know what? Maybe Daylight Dies, not, not, not their greatest work, not their best stuff. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's in, you know it's it's still a well produced, well made, well rounded album, but compared to the previous two, I felt that it was a bit of a drop off, and it was probably I can probably say it was down to the mixing. I feel that all right. I feel like as daylight dies is has been mixed in a way that it just feels a bit flat, like they've given too much to the vocals and they've toned the guitars down a bit. You said it was a lot of Howard. It's very, it's very Howard based, and that's not a dig at Howard in any by any stretch, but it feels like the guitars and drums have taken a back seat in the mix. Whether it's to emphasise that that pop, not pop, but make it that a little bit more accessible. Was that their decision? I mean, let, let's like let's not forget Killswitch Engage were one of Roadrunner's flagships for a long long time true that and we know how invasive labels can be we know how fucking shitty they can be because at the end of the day they don't want to make music they want to make money and they want to make an end product so they will do what they need to to create that end product so i mean holy shit you've just mentioned roadrunner we've been talking about the how influential killswitch engage are i mean if it wasn't for killswitch engage i wouldn't know who roadrunner records were Roadrunner's another podcast. We might have to actually do a podcast that's on slipping Roadrunner. on everything. That's that's just about everyone. I even had like my CD tower at home. I don't know if I've mentioned this before actually, and I rearranged all my Roadrunner CDs into like didn't alphabetize the Roadrunner CDs. I was just like, right, here's all my old runner. It was the tower. Yeah, like it was pretty much the whole tower was you know maybe Linkin Park were on Warner Brothers etc. But like there was a few. There, there, there was certainly a few other album labels there, but I predominantly 
in the noughties listened to Roadrunner music. Yeah, and then Roadrunner United. That's coming up one. That's definitely coming up. I'm, I'm doing Roadrunner United because that was just a really funny, fun time to be in music, to be fair. So anyway, I was going to talk about As Daylight Dies not being as as well as fondly remembered as i as i as i hoped um but i i feel like with end of heartache the band really hit their stride well it's sort of credited online as like their breakthrough i mean with the the head with the the eponymous song end of heartache that's no, not eponymous sorry that's self-titled it's self-titled the self-titled track end there of heartache you you'll get there i'll get there in the end that was that was on Resident Evil Apocalypse, was I think. It? We Rem- talked about this last night. We did. Anyway, we did discover. We didn't discover. We reminded ourselves that the mix for End of Heartache that was put on the video was different to the mix that was on the album. They softened the vocals, didn't they? The um... again made it radio a little bit more radio friendly, a little bit more palatable to the average consumer. Well, that that's again, the thing. Money. That's that's the thing. You can't. Not everyone's a metalhead. Pop music is pop music for a reason because it's popular. It's accessible. The vocal, everything about it is accessible. The music, whether you call it music or not, the melodies, the the vocals, the hooks, the the lyrical content, everything about it is is there so that it is popular, so that it is accessible, and you can play that on a radio and anyone from your 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 three year old to your grand can enjoy it. Metal isn't popular music from everything it's about been, it. It's been popular. It's been the, the headline. But, but it's, ne- no, it's never been pop. I mean, it's could, never been pop. You could say what happened in the 80s was pop when you had your... Probably its biggest guitar music at the time, probably its biggest yeah. format, but you still had you, you still had pop music in the yeah, 80s. Yeah, there was. There was still... Other so music that was it doing never, really well. You know, so like screaming vocals and heavy guitars and aggressive drums and, and all this, you know, doesn't isn't palatable to everyone. So and we discovered it with um with with, with Slipknot as well, with the Slipknot Resident Evil soundtrack. They, oh, yeah, they, they, they softened those vocals as well, didn't and they? And they cut a whole fucking verse. A verse or a bridge or something. Yeah, didn't they? I was like, like oh, I've never it. noticed that. I was been cheated all my all my life watching watching the Kerrangs and MTV2s ripping me off, not giving me the full fucking song. If you're just realising now that you were cheated watching Kerrang, then I've got some stuff to nah, tell you. Nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I I do remember as daylight dies fondly. Like it's it's got it's got some... my curse on it, which is the like that was the. That was the big song off it. That was on Guitar Hero. That was played yeah, on the radio. And stuff. That was the lead song. But I don't think that's the best song on it because you've got Arms of Sorrow and you've got Reject Yourself. Now, one of my fondest memories of Reject Yourself is almost every anime music video I ever watched. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we talked about this. Yeah, the an- anime motion videos or whatever. AMVs. So, yeah, for anyone who's not aware, like these are just like you know before. Are really... they still on YouTube? Or they've been removed? I, well, I was about to say. I think this is kind of before YouTube. They were on. They were very well shared on MySpace at the time. Yeah, they were on YouTube, but like before YouTube was a thing. Before YouTube was a platform. It was before right? it was owned by Google. They you used to be able to basically listen to songs on YouTube that people had uploaded, 
And I don't know if people thought it was like some way of getting around the copyright. Yeah. Because it, it wasn't the same YouTube like today where copyright strikes and stuff, but they still had some sort of obligation to it. So people would create music videos from like Dragon Ball Z fights. Yep. Dragon Ball Z fights or... Um, UGO. Advent Children. Advent Children was one, yeah. And like, and I, I just, I just so fondly remember like the Cloud and Sephiroth fight to the soundtrack of Reject Yourself. <laughs> that I'm like, Brilliant. I can't, I, I, I can't, and I, and I, I ate that shit for breakfast. I was just like, oh my god, like, this is amazing. <laughs> Actually, ah, oh, this is too niche. No one's gonna give a fuck about this. But the English version of a trunk story from Dragon Ball Z was. The soundtrack to that was a Dream Theater album. An entire Dream Theater album. <laughs> so for anyone who's familiar with Dragon Ball Z, and I fucking love Dragon Ball Z, you can, you know, the Trunk story and Bardock and whatever, and they took an entire Dream Theater album for the English dub and just put it as the soundtrack. I mean, it's something that we do share our uh, love for Dragon Ball Z. But I never watched the animated one. I only read the the comics. Oh, did you? Yeah. So oh, I so read. I was able to go through what was probably like about two hundred episodes of Dragon Ball Z in yeah. like one book. Yeah, because well, <laughs> like the fights would just get stretched out so much. Oh god! If if you ever want an exercise in filler, just watch the Cell Saga. Not the Cell Saga, the Freezer Saga. Freeze. Oh, that goes on for. I mean, in in the books, that one goes on for quite some time as well. Yeah, but on the TV show. They were like, the, the narrator would literally say, Namek is going to explode in five minutes. Four 20-minute episodes later, Namek is going to explode in three minutes. You were just like... <laughs> but for some reason, as a 15-year-old kid, I was just like, oh my God, Namek's about to explode. I'm going to find out in two months. <laughs> like, it was unnecessary. Excellent. Uh, so yeah, the, the, the animated music videos... Someone needs to bring those back in some way. Please. I just wish the people that made them, because clearly a lot of effort went into making them. It, it wasn't, they weren't made in five fucking minutes. Yeah, they were edited to the music and stuff like that. And I just remember Killswitch Engage, uh, specifically Reject Yourself, but other songs as well. Tell you the one I'll never forget. There was a Goo Goo Dolls Iris one. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, man. Because it was oh. all, and it, and it was, again, because it was all like the scenes where there's people like catching each other and it's all like slow and soppy. And, yeah, it's... Well, it's, oh, it was brilliant. That was that was a time to be alive. Those who enjoy those who enjoyed an animated music video to anime, you you lived the dream. Well, you know, be be pleased for that. I mean, I remember like because I was still on dial up modems at the time, like having to leave. I'm sorry, mom and dad, but I left the computer on all night to download like a three three hundred and fifty three twenty p. <laughs> file like I, like the dragon ball z like uh, movies and stuff like Div-X, that because DivX. well cartoon network didn't have the movies did they they just had the tv show so like you had to go online and and, and leave the computer on for like nine hours to download 300 meg oh the good old days those were the good old days anyway kill switch engage mm-hmm. where are we at to so yeah so after as daylight dies that was my drop off it was kind in all honesty it was kind of where I sort of left them for a while as well, because their next album was a self-titled album, a self-titled release again. Mm-hmm. Kill Switch Engage is the one with like the leopard on the front. And I remember it quite vividly, actually, where I sort of, th- I think it was the, the single Save Me came out, and I was like, that's shit. Oh. That's flat, that's plain, that's boring. 
maybe I'm done with Kill Switch now. I found other bands. Yeah. And those other bands were produced by Adam D. Yeah, like your Calibans or your... Parkway Drive was the one that Parkway Drive. surprises me the most. So at the same time that Killswitch Engage are making the album that I gave up on, As Daylight Dies, which because it was maybe a little too safe or whatever we've discussed so far, you've then got Adam D with his masterful production creating Parkway Drive sound Mm -hmm. for those two albums killing with a smile on horizons those two albums are phenomenal they are faultless i think i'm only really familiar with the second one horizons again you you can't go wrong with either or Mm, true um superb albums if you've never heard them please go and listen to them parkway drive have come into their own thing it was after after that they they didn't use adam as a producer anymore and i stopped listening to parkway drive funnily enough same didn't i did not keep up with those horizons and deep blue deep blue was the first one without adam they're the only two i listened to and i i disliked deep blue so but then by this point by the time deep blue came out my tastes had moved into other bands like the ghost inside and yeah maybe even heavier bands i think there was a band uh what were they called ah, i suppose Gravemaker, if anyone goes and listens, I saw Gravemaker live supporting Comeback Kid in Glasgow, and oh my word, what a live <laughs> show that was. That was fantastic. That was in G2. I can feel you've experienced something. Oh man, that was so good. My legs were ruined. Good. Did you keep your shoes on? Did you sell tape them? I don't remember. I've only ever lost one thing in the pit, and it was my keys. That's the it, worst thing to lose. I was in Liquid Rooms. Mm-hmm. and Where's the Liquid Rooms again? Victoria Street. Thank you. And I was seeing Glasgow metalcore band Asriel. Oh, I thought you were going to say Yasin. It might have been a Yashin show. Yashin. That, that, is that is Yash yeah. with a sh. Yeah. It might have been a Yashin show with Asriel supporting. Right, okay. They were the support act. That was the only reason, I'm, but I was only there to see Asriel. And I, f- I think my hand went behind my back. And my keys were on like a lanyard mm-hmm. and caught the lanyard. And then they just went up. Bye. Someone on the balcony of the liquid rooms caught them. Did you watch this happen? No. I felt them go. Mm-hmm. And then I looked around and there was someone holding them over the pit. Wow. Like over the, over like the bottom. If anyone's been in the liquid rooms, like a small box. Yeah. With, a, with a balcony just hanging it over with my keys is that the last time you saw them no no they, they gave them back I didn't lose I, I, I could have lost them so, so you didn't lose them you just managed to flip them up in the air hey, that, that guy could have been a total cunt and thrown them away sure but, sure. He, but they didn't they, they were like these yours mate I'm like cheers and it was I mean just these are the things that happen um, sure. I broke my wrist in a pit Never done that. I didn't. I didn't get. I didn't seek medical advice, and I probably should have because to mm. this day, it still hurts. <laughs> That's not good. Speaking of this uh, once vibrant Glasgow music scene, have you heard of a, of a more recent band called God Eater? No, they're pretty good. Check them out. I will. They're. I mean, we're talking about Killswitch, but they're they're not on that realm of Killswitch. They're they're much darker. They're not black metal, but they're like there's metalcore roots certainly, but like they're a lot 
heavier and, and, and darker and, and gruffer, but they're pretty good. I think that's one of the things that I found with, with Killswitch. Like I was going on to that. You get little moments of like black metal in their songs or little moments of like blast beats and trem picking and just like and then but it's really melodic and and then you get beautiful singing and everything it's such a meld of of all these genres yeah totally that's kind of what i found in going back to a life or just breathing is that i found it to be a little bit more thrashy than i remember yeah so you've got it's, it's sort of more the middle songs maybe life into lifeless just barely breathing the sons of man i'm just trying to remember those songs and and i just i just felt them being a bit like having more thrashy riffs than what i remember killswitch being so the the, the clearly those influences from earlier metal bands and i you know you're talking about the 80s like as much as glam was massive like slayer came up in the 80s like thrash was a mass like metallica yeah. like was a massive thing although as much as i dislike both slayer and metallica i struggle to see how they're both thrash if you listen to the first early albums, Slayer kept it up. Metallica, they didn't. Metallica didn't. They they made a, a conscious decision to move their sound into a more acceptable tone. And then nothing else matters, shall we say? Oh, still a banger. Still, still gets me greeting every time, even when Miley Cyrus sings it. Well, you're on your own there, bud. I don't think so. <laughs> The thing with Metallica was they 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 adjusted their sound as the, as they as they developed. I don't think Killswitch Engage have changed their sound at all. Mm, no, I would say they have. So, like to go back to like the self titled Killswitch Engage album. In I've kind I've not listened to the full thing in, in in preparation for this, but I have sort of gone back and listened to a few songs, and I feel I was overly harsh. Okay, I feel the songs are of as what I've heard, at least anyway, is as good as maybe what we heard on Daylight Dies. So that is maybe just more representative of the place I was at when that album came out. It came out in 2009. Yep. So a little bit later on, we've we've been listening to Killswitch Engage for a few years up until that point. And I just maybe thought, maybe it's a bit, maybe it's it's downfall, it's it's a bit samey. It wasn't anything new. But then what happened after that was, well, Howard left. Yeah, that was a sad one. Again, again, I mean, he's still with us. It's not... <laughs> of course, he, he left the band and for fully legit medical reasons, he, he chose to take care of himself, much like Jesse did. Yeah. And good on him. And I love that he's been in stuff since. Yeah, again, no hard feelings for him. And, and I, th- I think Jesse, I think there's a, there's a video online of, of them both doing the Signal Fire, which is a, a song off the latest album, Atonement. And that is one of the standout songs in that album because, like we were saying before, you've got these two amazing vocalists and you've now you've got them on the same track. Like, yeah. fucking yes! It's good. And, and I like Atonement. I don't mind it. It's 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 a good all-rounder. I've listened to it maybe a handful of times and I've not turned it off, but I've never gone back to it by choice, really. I've never been sitting at my desk when I'm at work when I'm just looking for something. I fancy listening to Atonement. I will pick Alive or Just Breathing, yeah. End of Heartache over those over it, and and that just goes to show how whether it's the power of nostalgia that that keeps me going back to it. But Atonement's great, but it's just Kill Switch. 
it's probably the, the the most damning thing I could say about it is it's just Kill Switch. Which is ironic because we're praising them for earlier albums for being Kill Switch, and now you're saying, uh, no, it's not. It's not the best because it's just kind of them again. The I was excited when Jesse came back. Like I was super pumped when Jesse came back because in listening to Killswitch Engage, I was I was always sort of a secret sort of secret fan of Jesse is maybe a weird way to put it, but he had another band come out like The Empire Shall Fall or This Empire Shall Fall. Oh yeah, and really liked that album. Haven't listened to it in years, but I remember liking it at the time and maybe more so liking it because it was jesse but then he also did with adam d times of grace now i've only heard times of grace's album that they released this year right which so you've not heard him of a broken man probably not i've only heard whatever's off the new album only right which the first time you shared it with me i rage quit because (laughs) i thought it was like you've sent the wrong link you've this this isn't I didn't know who Times of Grace were at mm-hmm. all. And you sent me a link to a song and you're like, Oh my god, Times of Grace. Okay, Alright. And This is the new stuff. This is the new stuff. And I played it and I was like, This isn't for me. This is something some people that are close to me would like. Mm-hmm. And it was very well done, but it was like not to my sound. I've gone back since and listened to it, the whole album, and I understand now. But as a standalone song that they that they put out first off off the latest album, I'm gonna find the name of it because I feel bad just calling it the latest album all the time. Songs of loss and separation. Mm-hmm. So the first track they released from that was the burden of belief, mm-hmm. and it's Jesse singing, mm-hmm. singing very much in a style of. I don't know, like Rob Thomas, I want to say, like that Jesus. Matchbox 20 yarling right, Scott okay. Stapp style. Sort of, yeah, it's got there's something in it which is like, oh, nah, off. And it's a, and it's just one of those songs. But as an album, totally fine, totally acceptable, and one that I will possibly listen to by choice again. Admittedly, I haven't listened to the new album much i have listened to the new album okay but not i'm not familiar with it yet what i am familiar with is him of a broken man because it is fucking wonderful like it is to me at the time as well i think let's double i think check. you need i think that this, that song title is pretty important to the creation of times of grace from what i've read so if anyone's not aware times of grace was Basically, Adam D's pet project. He wrote... Times of Grace is Adam D required back surgery. So... Like he was broken. The man was broken. Him of a broken man. Holy shit! I just got it! (laughs) You didn't see that? Fucking light bulb moment there. The... Yeah, wow. So, yeah, he, he essentially wrote the album... Killswitch, they got us. They got a, a touring guitarist. They went on tour and they continued doing the Killswitch thing. Adam D is laid up in a hospital. I can't imagine bed. seeing Killswitch engage without Adam D. I know that'd have been weird. I'd want the money back. But he's set up in a in a hospital bed and he's in recovery. He's got fuck all to do. He writes an album and it's him of a broken man. And I can't believe I've just got that. Now the lyrics were written by Jesse, and that's one of the points that I did read is that. Adam reached out to Jesse mm-hmm. 
and knew that Jesse was better, a better lyricist than than he was. Right. And I think that takes a lot. I think that's one of the anyone who's collaboration is the key to the the biggest success stories. I agree. I don't think very few there's there's very few unicorns out there that can do it all. True. And to be to admit that I'm not the best to write lyrics for this type of music is is a really key moment and I think so that's when he reached out to Jesse and Jesse became lyrics. So I'm my, my I think I'll be going off often listening to Him of a Broken Man, Him of a Broken Man uh, after this. It came out on January 12th, 2011. It's 13 songs. It's 53 minutes and three seconds long. And if you ask me, it's 13 songs of absolute perfection. Wow. It's not it's not Killswitch. There's, it's Adam D and Jesse Leach. There's 100% Killswitch Engage in that album. But it's slower. There's more cleans. There's more acoustic moments. There's it's far more bluesy and reflective and, and what have you. Do you know what I mean? It's not it's bluesy. Not a, bluesy is a good descriptor for the times of grace. More so in the new album, the yeah. the the, the, the um, a hymn of a broken man. I, I find uh, initial he- listenings, I was like, oh, him, you know, him is heavier th- th- than the new album, which is fine. That that is what it is. But it, so what I'm saying is, it came out in 2011. Killswitch Engage, the self-titled with Howard, came out in two thousand nine, and I was disappointed by it. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, this isn't this isn't hasn't really kind of carried on what I was hoping for." Mm-hmm. And then Hymn of a Broken Man came out, and it to me it was the Killswitch album that Killswitch should have been. Okay, is is a way I've sort of able to describe it. Now that's maybe quite disrespectful to Howard. That, that that's maybe a bit shit. Like I'm not I'm not wanting Jesse to replace Howard at any point fucking love Howard Jones he's a great vocalist he's done some really good stuff since Killswitch Engage we listened to Scion the Blade earlier like vocally great so it's it's just I sort of fell off Killswitch Engage I fell off Killswitch Engage from that album Times of Grace came out I, I still to this day sing along to him of a broken man and then 2013 Jesse's back yeah and I still didn't get back into Killswitch until because that was what disarm the descent i think so yeah and then they had another album after that and then atonement which came out in 2019 i almost said last year that's how much of a fuck up we've had since march 2020 it was 2019 that it came out totally um yeah it's they're 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 one of those bands that i will i will eternally respect Mm -hmm. for those the two and i still feel that they peaked and i think i really want to make this clear to our listeners here this isn't me saying it was like uh like a peak as in like a mountain peak but i feel that they they reached the pinnacle of of their of their songwriting on the end of heartache that album still to this day just is just flawless it's got the groove it's got the 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 aggressiveness that I want. It's got the the tone and sounds and, and themes that I really can can hold on to. And they kept a lot. There is still some of the thrashy elements that you had in Alive or Just Breathing. There's a lot more melodic elements, especially with Howard's vocals. I mean, just listening to I think was it the first couple of tracks before Rosa Sharon, I was like, I was listening to it in the car the other day. And I was like, wow, this this is this has got me hooked. Still hits. 
it, it hits hard and I'm like this is good this is yeah. rocking this is fucking great I think I think I kind of know what you where you're coming from and I would maybe describe it in the sense that once Jesse came back it was sad to see Howard go it was great to see Jesse come back but you kind of know it kind of didn't change anything we mentioned earlier they, they they tailored their songwriting to each vocalist. You know the, the the discussion of who's better is mute because each vocalist brings their own to each song and they're both awesome. Sure, but once Jesse came back, it wasn't like I didn't I didn't really get a revitalized sense towards the band again. Like mm. I listened to the album, I, I gave it a go, and I was just like, oh, this this is pretty good, but it's still just. It still just was the safe, maybe like a safe bet. Like you kind of knew what you were going to get. I wasn't surprised by by really any of it. I was happy to hear to hear Jesse again, but I was just a bit like, "This is good," but so were the last four albums. Yeah, and this is what I was meaning. Like, I don't think Killswitch have really done anything to draw me back in. Yeah, and that's where I think going back to times of grace i think times of grace if you label that kill switch album because it is mostly kill switch members yeah i think um they did off, off that first album they did a few live shows and joel was the second guitarist for it yeah so he play, he still plays with them so they, there's clearly something there and i just wonder like you know what try releasing it as a kill switch album and let let's see what happens. So mm-hmm. anyone who's listened to the latest Death Heaven album as an example, mm-hmm. very different to their previous works. Right, they've been moving towards more of a, a shoegaze sound, and now the singer from Death Heaven, George, he's not really screaming anymore. There really? is there are still moments, very very few though. Right, this album that that Death Heaven have just put out is so light. It's like listening to a fucking Radiohead album. I need to check it out. There's also new Mall coming out, by the way. The new Mall tracks are so good. I've only heard the first one. I've not heard the There's second two one. that they've put out. I know. I've seen the second one come out. Oh, man. It's so good. And it's a, it's weird because Mall are doing what I would have expected Death Heaven were doing seven years ago. Yeah, sure. And they, they've, like, filled the void. Yep. Death Heaven have, have moved forward. They've been making new albums, new sounds. Mall have been making the same sounds that Death Heaven were making, and I don't mind it because they they do they do have their own. They've made it theirs. They've made it theirs, and it's oh my god, it's so good. I love Mall. Yeah, for for anyone who's who's not aware, what are they? Dutch, Dutch or da- da- Danish, Danish, the Danish. I'm sure Danish black metal band Mall. You need to put the little weird O with the lines through it. That's what's, their what's name. What's that called? It's not an um, umlauts when it's two dots. Yeah. What's it when it's crossed through? We're too retarded to know. It, it, unfortunately, Spotify has the worst search feature ever designed. Kills so me. you need to search for the Moll's album, which is called Yord, J-O-R-D, Yord. Yeah. Find that, listen to it, enjoy it. It's it's brilliant. And they've yeah. got a new one coming out real soon. I'm pretty sure Moll is Danish for moth. Is it? I think so. I think I googled that. I think it's Danish for moth. Good fact for the day. There you go. But so on the Kill Switch, back to Kill Switch, on those albums. Yeah, Disarm the Descent came out in 2013. I was like, this is cool, this is good, you know, but it's safe. Yeah. I don't, you're talking about how like you never really came back to Atonement or any of the other albums. I think I listened to Incarnate like twice. Wow. Incarnate. I was like, 
and we're still here it's still it's still safe it's still sort of template kill switch it, it you, you know there's there's nothing new here still enjoying jesse but mm, th- this doesn't really get me however when i listened to when atonement came out I was far more. I don't know what changed, but I was. I think the energy was up, up a bit. The, en- the energy in that album is really high. It, it, yes, it's still got that template sound, like you say, but there's something about it which is is good. Uh, there's something that they've they've changed or they've fine tuned, whether it's in the production or or the like you said, whether Jesse's bringing something a bit more aggressive to it. It is called Atonement. It's almost as if they maybe know they were a bit lackluster on previous albums and they've they've, they've tried to give it the beans here. Potentially. So yeah, I I think that's a good album and it's probably one, if anyone hasn't listened to Killswitch in some time and you've been looking to find a point to go back in, try it Atonement and and see what you think. It, it, It certainly reminded me and even if it reminds you of the earlier albums, go back to them and, and remind yourself of why this band was so influential. And I think I've said it to you. It's like, I have to, if I was to trace a root cause back to something, go right back to that first time hearing My Last Serenade. That moment was the explosion. Was That was that was the, the fuse getting lit. It still gives me chills. And then it, you follow that fuse and then there was the explosion about maybe a year and a half later Similar situation to yourself. I've moved. Uh, I moved up to Scotland. Met like-minded individuals who had different access to music than myself. Different viewpoints and different different perspectives. And yeah, have you heard this band? Have you heard that band? Like more like-minded people. Absolutely. So the f- uh, individual that I met, he introduced me to bands like It Dies Today, and. Uh, we we went to see Killswitch Engage live at the QMU, Queen okay. Margaret University in Glasgow. Killswitch Engage, All That Remains, 12 Tribes, and Johnny Truant. Now, oh, wow. of those, um, of those, two of them, both Johnny Truant, they had an album produced by Adam D. All That Remains had an album produced by Adam D., Phil Lebont of All That Remains has appeared. I think he's on Atonement. He's also he's credited on Alive or Just Breathing as well. Yes, he is. So and it's just like backing vocals. But the, clearly, he he was there and involved in the scene. Yeah. I, I, so, how many times have you seen Killswitch? I've only seen them the once. Right, and that was QMU. QMU two thousand five with Howard. I might I might have been there, but I have definitely seen them at. Barrowlands. Officially, it was my first ever gig in Glasgow. Nice. I Why drove. officially? Because it was officially. It was the first ever gig I saw in Glasgow. All right, okay. Well, just when you say it like that, I kind of thought there might have been some circumstances as that it wasn't technically... No, first, no, no. But... I, I mean, officially, number that was the first time I'd ever been to Glasgow for a gig. I drove through, parked, got in, and no, had no bother whatsoever. Yep. I think the next time i was in glasgow might have been trivium oh man king tots trivium there's another band again i can attribute i first heard that trivium were basically a kill switch engage cover band in their in ascendancy you had the harsh vocals the light vocals you had the alternate picking that metal call sound man you you go back to ascendancy 
And you tell me that that doesn't sound like Killswitch Engage. Well, we're going to go back to Ascendancy because I fucking love that album. But I don't think at the time I would have compared them so directly to Killswitch. At the time, I don't think I would either. But in retrospect, in hindsight, which is 2020... I think that's I don't know why that was funny. No, in retrospect, in twenty twenty, it's twenty twenty one love. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Oh hindsight For is twenty twenty. We're in the room and you can't even hear me. For fuck's sake. Yes. I think Trivium are very, very, very similar to Kill Switch Engage. But then their next album, The Crusade, was a Metallica ripoff. Yeah, I, I very much dropped off Trivium for Ooh, a different reason. I have not had like a drop off from a band. I don't think I've had a drop off from a band as quick. As when I first heard, going from Ascendancy, go, I think is there is their first the first album's Inferno, Ember to Inferno, yeah, Ember to Inferno. Then it was Ascendancy, and like I jumped on that bandwagon so quickly, and then as soon as I heard the Crusades, I was off like a whippet. Like I was like, oh fuck this, like this is not happening. Have I told the story of on on the pod of why I don't why I fell out with Trivium? I don't think so. So I was I was a very active member on the Trivium forum. So I mean, hey, you got to put your two thousand five hats on here, kids. So I'm, I'm so excited. I'm getting comfortable. So we 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 were we would use forums to communicate with fans. You, you know, fans of a band would go to Trivium dot com, sign up to the forum, and you talk about whatever you're doing. So I met like minded guitarists. I um, met like-minded individuals who would recommend other bands they would recommend their own band and this is where you share like demos and b-sides and stuff that you'd never heard before all that stuff rarities bootlegs people would people wouldn't really share videos then because that was pretty hard fucking going in 2005 for internet standards Mm -hmm. but certainly people would record things that whether they'd take a, a dictaphone in and just to get like chats and Sometimes you get like articles and things. You share. Anyway, it's just like a, a community, effectively. So today you would use, whether you'd have a Discord group or in 2012, you would have a Facebook group. We had forums. So on the forum, uh, we would be talking like, oh, I'm going to go and see Trivium Live soon. I'm going to go and see them at this date. Anyone that's going to be there want to meet up. And I went down to, so I'd first seen Trivium 2005, at Glasgow King Tuts. Now, that tour was Trivium's first ever time in the UK. They were meant to be, I think they were the opening act on that tour. Mm-hmm. But by the time they got to Glasgow, because they were clearly the most popular band on the whole tour, they were the headliners. What was the venue? King Tuts. No, okay. I wasn't there, but fair. Um, it was with Three Inches of Blood, Still Remains... Ooh, they were the other bands now good times i the second time trivium came round they they did a i think it was just like a, a uk sort of really a short uk tour a classic like london birmingham glasgow mm-hmm. and i missed them playing glasgow the second time that was bar, that was barrowlands and i think i was there i was there and i what i'm saying is i think that was barrowlands but I, yeah, I saw them at Barrowlands quite early on on the on an ascendancy tour. That was the ascend. Uh, that was the second ascendancy tour. The third time they came around, mm-hmm. there was a Newcastle date on the show. Now, at the time, I, even though I was living in Edinburgh, I was still traveling down to Newcastle for shows. Still, had a lot of friends down there, and a lot of friends were into the same sort of music. Blah blah. So we went down. Uh, they they started playing the show, and it might have been the Crusade tour. 
but I don't think the Crusade had been released just yet. Okay. Now, that show, in my opinion, was shite. Right. Utter, utter shite. Well, it was the Crusade. And I, the, 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 the sort of cherry on the cake or what, I really didn't enjoy the show. And then at the end of the show, they did like an encore where they played like Pull Harder and, you know, the, the classics. And then the guitarist, so so Heafy and I can't remember the name of the guitarist now. Yes. Oh. They played, they tried to play mm-hmm. Master of Puppets. Okay. A song that I am very much a fan of. Mm-hmm. And they got about, what, a third of the way through and then sort of just gave up and just stopped right. playing it. It was very much like a jam they started having at the end of this show. Right. And I was like, this this is this is shit. I've paid money to see this and I'm watching you guys just rehearse on stage. Yeah. And and it was very, very off-putting. So anyway, going back to the forum, I then went on the forum later that evening or the next day and expressed my dissatisfaction for the show. And there were a few voices that were also unhappy in general with the Crusades tour. Mm-hmm. The bassist, I don't know if it's bassist at the time or if he's the bassist still, Pablo. Yeah, I think he's still in. He chimed in. Oh, he came onto the forum and spoke to you. Yeah. Oh my God. Came onto the forum. Let's escalate. You didn't, I mean, he wasn't speaking to me directly. He was speaking to the, the people who'd been posting in this thread about right. the Crusades tour. And he was extremely defensive. Right. And I th- I'd love to be able to, to find the exact words that he says, but the, the words that I remember taking away from it were... I wonder if the time machine's still there. I wonder if I might have to do a look upon it. The words that I remember, though, were, fine, next time we won't come back with any lights and only bring half stacks. As if the reason I went to see Trivium was because they had full stack amps and a light show. Yeah, calm down, mate. Yeah, it was very much like, no, I, I go to see you for your musical talent and the songs that I enjoy. Yeah, you played the songs that I enjoy, but your musical talent was really off. Whether you were drunk or exhausted, I don't know. You had a bad night, and I'm sorry, I didn't enjoy the show. Yeah, and and you know, a, a simple like, yeah, I'm, we, we we were exhausted. We just landed. We'd, we'd had a bad night. We whatever. You know, you could have used any excuse, but to throw back that the reason I didn't like you because you didn't because you only had a big light. You didn't have a big light show and half stacks on it you are so disconnected and by Mm. that point i think crusades came out and it was dog shit and i was like i'm done done with this band drop them hard yeah i mean we'll we'll, i will absolutely bring a sentence into the pod and we'll go over it because i i I love that album but very similarly i i dropped off from the crusades because it was a fucking metallica clone and i hated it and it was awful and it was so so bad and i didn't come back to them until in waves i've heard the song in waves so i'm um, so they had the crusades in 2006 they had shogun 2008 complete never heard anything off of shogun completely missed that entirely and i just happened to pick up in waves and it was spectacular in Waves is an absolute return to form for them. It's not necessarily ascendancy, but I just enjoyed it so much more. And from that point on, so Vengeance Falls, Silence in the Snow, all great albums. And then I wasn't a massive fan of the 2017 The Sin and the Sentence. 
I've not even listened to what the dead men say in 2020 now that I look at it. And then I messaged you the other day and I was like, fucking hell, the new trivium is absolutely flat as fuck. <laughs> and that was that Feast of Fire. Nah. And I used to follow trivium on like the socials. I used to really, really like Matt Heafy. But see, since he became a streamlord, I can't, I can't handle the guy anymore. From what I've read, he is making money hand over fist. Credit to him. He's 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 he's, he's going got in, the talent and he's got the charisma. Totally. He's going in he's going into streaming and he's making bank from it and all credit to you, man. But I, I'm getting older, not younger. I don't give a fuck about streaming. Like I do not watch streamers, I do not watch Twitch or anything. But at the same time, he's not looking for he's not trying to keep you happy, he wants new fans. Exactly. And the next time Trivium come round, it will be Matt Heafy and the Triviums. It'll be some like <laughs> setup of that where these these young kids who know him through streaming yeah. will pay fucking money, real money, real hard fucking cash to go and see him live. They won't be seeing the band, they'll be going to see him. And credit to him, all the best, good luck. I love your later music, your earlier music, but I've just I've just not been able to keep up with him. Because I just that the yeah. the content he's producing isn't for like you're saying isn't for me and i don't and i don't enjoy it like, I, I actually had to unfollow him on instagram because i was just like dude shut, shut the fuck <laughs> oh, up man. i can't i can't handle this anymore i'm gonna change gonna change tact on this one so they've the, mentioned trivium there there's a band that you brought up there as as one that um adam d produced for for, for a couple of their albums as i lay dying so that was a band that i fucking loved yeah big time um they again we we mentioned there that maybe the the later kill switch engage albums as they went on weren't really they weren't to me at least they weren't aggressive enough so that's where bands like azalea dying fill that gap in spades have i ever told you about the time I went to see As I Lay Dying and punched myself in the face. Was that at the Corn Exchange? <laughs> I was at that show. Have I told you? Yeah. You've not, I don't think you have told me. But no, Corn Exchange. It was the Corn Exchange. That was a oh. protest of the hero. And was Bullet for My Valentine the headline? Of, uh, no, no, that was... No, it was Bullet. Was it, it was, Bullet? It was Bullet. So, I don't know. Do you, do you want to go into whatever you want to say and I'll talk about this? Or do you want me to go I mean, I was, I was just going to mention that As I Lay Dying just filled the gap that that kill switch were then leaving open. Yeah, sure. Uh, so we've we've already mentioned that you know Parkway Driver in there. You could stick Azalea Dying up there as well. All that remains they were they were along for the ride. So yeah, there's there's moments that bands just sort of like take the reins from as you were as it were. And again, it's just they they had that same formula. It was heavy, 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 light, heavy, 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 light. Yeah, sure. And then they'd have much lighter songs. And and once more, it was another set of albums that were produced by Adam D. Literally, he made the mold. Yeah, absolutely. And and then you punched yourself in the face at a show. Go on, ah, right, don't try okay. to get out of it now. Okay, cool. I mean, I mean, never mind the controversies of Isley dying and, and however you choose to to listen to or not listen to that band anymore for reasons. The singer was a total absolute cunt for anyone who's not aware, but. We ah uh, okay. So I used to I used to I used to say to people oh, as I, you know before the con- con- controversy, I used to say to people as I lay dying are so heavy I punched myself in the face because <laughs> this is what happened. So I remember falling on my ass really hard at that show, but that was it. What year was this? I mean, what two thousand and eight? Right, two thousand and eight. Corn Exchange, Edinburgh. The tour was protest the hero. 
as I lay dying and Bullet for My Valentine. Now, at the time, I was just sort of coming off of Bullet for My Valentine. I thought they were good, but they weren't, you know, the poison was great, but thereafter, I was a bit like, eh, don't really, don't really care about these guys. But I had had, I had friends who were tradition, who sort of got into heavier music in their sort of mid to late 20s. So, you know, they weren't, they weren't sort of like moshers at school as we would call it, or sweaties or whatever you got called back in the day by some ignorant Ned cunt. Like, you were... These guys sort of found heavier music later on. So the idea of a mosh pit to them was, like, amazing. And they maybe took it in the wrong respect to the point where they're like, oh, this is a place I can go and fight. If you're that guy, go fucking drown yourself and receive. Like, a mosh pit is not there to fight someone. It's there to, like, express and, you know... Do, do what it is you need to do without inflicting harm on someone else specifically right at least that's my own. it's not it yeah it's not for, it's not for it's not for fighting it's just for having a wee a wee dance about it's it's an aggressive format of dancing it's an aggressive sure. form of dancing it's like capoeira but you know without any skill yeah you're not actually supposed to land anything anyway and i've got another story about kill switch engage with regards to that so anyway I having been to have having been to metal shows before and mosh pits and stuff like that. I was kind of getting a bit old for it. I was never a massive mosher. I was never a jagger. For anyone out there who's who was a jagger in their former former years. Hello. Hi, yeah, you're right. How's it going? <laughs> Good to see you. Uh, we we're at we're at the show. I can't believe it to this day actually. But I probably found Protest the Hero about a year after this gig. So I never saw Protest the Hero at that show. I didn't know who they were. Wow. Yeah, total total opportunity missed. Wow. I was there for As I Lay Dying and Bullet. So we're at the show, Corn Exchange, things are kicking off. Whoever the first band were, turns out they were a protested hero, have finished, they've gone. And As I Lay Dying kick off. Now I'm just holding back, like I'm on the edge of the pit, I'm not really getting involved. But all the guys I'm with were... Like, right. they were just fucking loving it and bouncing off of each other and pushing into each other and, like, really embracing the mosh pit. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to show these guys how it's done. Me, Mr. Skinny, fucking lightweight, underweight, <laughs> whatever, was, like, going to show these guys how it's done, which is hysterical. So I goes into the mosh pit and literally the first sort of fist I threw out hit the what I can only describe as like a smaller Hulk. Like this guy was <laughs> a total like tank of a, he mi- was a mini tank. a unit. Like he was <laughs> massive and bald and his back was bigger than my entire body. And I threw a fist out into this guy's back and it just pinged straight out. And my knuckle went straight into my eye socket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> like I absolutely Christ. fucked it. Like I threw one out pinged my fist off of this guy's back straight into the eye socket and I was done I just slowly walked away holding my head because it was really really sore so that was all during As I Lay Dying the next time I saw As I Lay Dying I think was do you remember the was it HMV Picture House yeah 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 yeah. so the Taste of Chaos tour came to Edinburgh one year and that was Azalea dying, Horse the Band, and Atreyu. <laughs> Horse the Band. Horse the Band were a fantastic band. Okay. They were it right into a... that Nintendo core sort of sound, the 
that became a thing. I don't know why, but it just the, the sort of name reminds me of like I wrestled a bear once, like those sort of guys. Now I was just I was going to do a quick search just to see when that show was, and I have just found out some incredibly interesting news. Ooh, um, live coming at you from twenty ninth of August. But the Corn Exchange in Edinburgh is to be renamed. Oh. Huh. O2 Academy. No way. No way, man. Oh. Edinburgh's getting an O2. That's kind of cool, though. I'm, I'm, I'm down with that initially. Is there any... Should I be wary of that? I mean, beer prices will go up, but... <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be... I don't know. The parking's terrible. But, you know. Oh, the parking is shit. Good bus, good bus links. <laughs> That's so funny. So, like, just, just after... Um, Part of my wedding gift to me from my wife was a weekend in Edinburgh after we'd came back from our camper van honeymoon. So Han, being from England and not particularly familiar with Edinburgh, booked us a show and she thought it was like a city centre. It was Corn Exchange. I mean, Edinburgh is very compact. Look, as far as some cities go, you're right. It's fucking tiny. But she thought we could walk from mm. dinner bless to to the corn exchange and i'm like oh you're cute no you're gonna, gonna need a taxi, a taxi or a bus yeah totally so that was just that was just a random side story about corn exchange yeah i was i was the academy that's cool that's really good news i hope it works i really do it's it's the right size to call it an o2 academy especially yeah. given that like glasgow's missing probably a mid-sized venue at the moment with the o2 abc like being basically gone we're all missing venues at the moment, oh, aren't we, that. to be fair? So for anyone not aware, if you're, if you're not familiar with the, the, the Scottish music scene or whatever, traditionally Glasgow is the place to go for gigs in in, in the central belt. Like Bands will go north, they'll go to Aberdeen, they'll go to Inverness. But specifically, if you wanted to go to a gig in Scotland, it was Glasgow, with on occasion Edinburgh. But fuck you, Edinburgh Council, because you just wanted to gentrify every area you could. And all the good venues have really in Edinburgh been turned into houses of flats and student accommodation. Over the last like 10, 15 years, music has been murdered in Edinburgh, which is ironic because every August the place is a farce. Mm. Now, I love the festival. I love the fringe. But if you're an empty basement, then you'll, go, you'll get a pop-up bar in a venue. For, for one month of a year and you'll probably make as much money in that month than you make for the entire year yeah but there's just so many places in edinburgh that could have small basement shows that could have large scale you know bigger bigger outdoor concerts but they don't want it because the city is so compact and so small that they they prioritize housing over over like events like that yeah so in august it's fine but you know we've lost the venue we've lost studio 24 is Electric Circus still going? No, no, that's that's gone. What was the one down behind the train station? Electric, Electric Circus. Circus. That's gone. Like, music venues are dying in Edinburgh. And uh, this is an old story because it's been happening for years. But yeah. It really, really sucks. Yeah, I think one of one of the guys who runs um, Sneaky Pete's, which is still going, uh, he, he, he started a campaign. Because the problem with Edinburgh being so compact, a lot of the, the venues are on top of each other, or a lot of venues are Literally. basements underneath underneath people's houses so he i think he started a campaign i want to say it's called music is audible um to try and like get edinburgh council to relax the rules on noise restrictions which was one of the, the death knells basically if if edinburgh council wanted or if some developer wanted to get shot of a venue in the area mm-hmm. they would just get the residents to complain it was making too much noise yeah that happened sadly with one of the best which is studio 24 
R.I.P. Rest in pieces. Honestly, one of the <laughs> the bands that I've seen. I've seen Bring Me the Horizon twice. There, I've seen Architects like I've twice seen there as Protest well. Protest the Hero. I've seen Skindred. I've seen loads of bands I mean, there. I mean, I think if you go trace the history back, I'm pretty sure Nirvana played a gig there. Nirvana, Nirvana have played there. I think that was the old Studio Twenty Four because it did the Studio Twenty Four that we knew on Carlton Road Street, whatever it was wasn't the original Shudo 24 is my understanding maybe i mean they maybe had no 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 i'm res- talking shit it's the mission i'm talking about the mission the mission the nightclub moved yeah do you know what it used to, where it used to be bongo club used to be what it became espionage really yeah every everyone that i've spoken when i worked i worked at espionage for my sins <laughs> Loser. Um, when i spoke to people that i worked there they're like, oh, I remember this place when it was called The Mission. Wow. It must have moved around. It was. It was, it was a club it, night. It, did, it did move around. But no, Why are I'm, we talking about Edinburgh club nights when we're meant to be talking about Killswitch Engage? Sorry to interrupt. Absolutely. Sorry. Bring it back. <laughs> I, well, before we do, I just wanted to say I was wrong. I think Studio 24, like the stage was the stage and that, that was where Nirvana played. Yeah, probably. I, was, I confused myself with the nightclub. So apologies for all the Edinburgh hardcore who are probably getting their pitchforks out to murder me. Yeah, it's a good job you live far away now. Very far away. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so back to Kill Switch. I foresee going through these last two albums. So I've, I've, I've definitely alive, just breathing. I've said it right every time so far. I've only I have to focus it on it at the very beginning. Alive, just breathing, and end of heartache. I will go back to these albums, and I will enjoy them. And the next time Kill Switch engage release an album, just like with Atonement, I'll give it a listen. Yeah, I'll give it its chance. But it doesn't have to be just like End of Heartache. It can be different. If you want to make a different album, bash on. I'm not going to hate you for it. Um, took me a bit to get into Times of Grace, mm-hmm. but I'm, I, I, I can accept it. Yeah, I think it's important that bands make different albums. They, they need to change change their sound. Otherwise, you just become like ACDC, who just have released like the same album like oh, every two years. I hate ACDC. Well, we, this has came up a few times now. Uh, you know, it came up with Ped when we were talking about Faf. It came up with with uh, Tony when we were talking about Queens, Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah, it, you, you know, and my my best example of it, or, or what the one I always keep on coming back to, is Incubus. And Incubus are a band that changed, but people have crucified them for their change. Yeah, you've got to do it right. But what is doing it right? Well, this is it. It's it's doing. The change in such a way that doesn't alienate your existing fans too much, and this is and, and I mean I've already mentioned the Death Heaven album. That's going to piss some folk off, right? Because it's it's quite a jump. But if you'd listened to their albums leading up to it, so if you listened to Ordinary Corrupt Human Love, this shouldn't come as too much of a surprise. Right. In fact, I prefer what they've done because I'm. I didn't really care for Ordinary Corrupt Human Love because I felt that the soft bits didn't really go well with the hard, harsher bits. Yeah. But then this new album, because it's majority softer vocally, I can sort of accept it better. And it's like they've made a decision. Yeah. But if they had just gone from New Bermuda straight to this album, I would have probably been like, woofed, there's a departure and i get that i i do totally get that i've i've been in that same place where you know one album has has made you know 
as you could sort of say significant leaps or a departure etc but like ultimately in my opinion that's the per- that's the listener's problem like if that the band shouldn't have to cater to their fan base to you know do a positional album so they can actually make the album they want to make like you either like the band and the music they produce or you don't and that's okay you can like end of heartache and as i lay and, and as i lay dying and as daylight dies and not like incarnate in atonement but and and that's cool you don't have to then hate on the band like oh they fucking change man they're like they totally sold out or they're not what i want yeah it's not they're it's not, not black I, and the thing is well, it's not black and white there's totally. a lot of gray in there so there are albums that are better there are albums that are worse and there's going to be some that are totally mediocre and that's where as daylight dies falls for me it falls into the mediocre because it just doesn't do anything for me i i remembered it more fondly than it actually is but i must say that you know i i i still feel like they 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 hit the right stride with end of heartache they got the right groove they worked well with the new vocalist and I think they, they knocked it absolutely out of the park with that album and took everything that they'd learned from Alive or Just Breathing, which, you know, with a different vocalist and then moved forward so positively and made, you know, an mm. absolute classic album. I mean, I, I agree. End of Heartache is an amazing album. I, d- I don't quite share your, 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 your thoughts on, you know, how Daylight, as Daylight, fucking what the hell are we talking about? As Daylight Dies is perhaps lesser it's a bit flat whatever maybe i just didn't hear that but then that's that's fine you know tony said it the other week music is subjective it's all down to your own thing what i what i am sort of thankful for is Killswitch engage introduced and, and i can credit them to bringing so much like more energy and like oomph in into the music like that's that's like a shit way to put it, but like you know, we were we were saying about it before. Like when 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 you first hear my last serenade, you get fucking chills. It was a for me coming out of like being a Linkin Park fanboy or whatever. Like it was a whole new level of heavy. It wasn't Slipknot that I think I've said it before. I didn't particularly enjoy Slipknot when they first came out. I didn't listen to the self-titled. I came onto Slipknot on Iowa. Mm-hmm. but kill switch where a level of heavy where i was like that is super heavy and super awesome and i love it yeah for me they put me on a path that i was probably just it just came at just the right time i was looking for the next sort of leap in my musical sort of tastes and they they grabbed me and and drew me in yeah and then to then discover later on what they would then become, what their um, what their guitarist and we we haven't spoke about um, the artwork that Mike is so important for. Like that that this band have done more for metal as a genre. In I'll just use the word metal. I'm not going to say metalcore. They've done more for metal as a genre than I think any any other band has in the last twenty years. So Mike D'Antonio is the bass player for Killswitch Engage, but he's also a graphic artist. Yep. So you're right. So let's hit on that. He's not just done. He's not just bass player for Killswitch Engage. He's done all their artwork, all their album artwork, their logo design, their branding, etc. That's all been him. He has his own graphic design company called Darkon, Dark Icon, Dark Icon. 
God, why did I struggle with that? Dark icon. Dark icon. <laughs> Dark icon. Well, there's a capital N at the end, which is weird. And he has also produced designs for and artwork for Shadows Fall, Unearth, All That Remains. You know, these are bands that we've, we've, we've been talking about. Yeah. So you've got Killswitch Engage the Band, who are incredibly influential. You've got Jesse Leach, who has contributed to Killswitch Engage, Times of Grace, The Empire Shall Fall, other bands. You've oh, got- and his first, his, the, the other one he was in, uh, Seamless. That was one of the first ones I remember being like touted after he'd left Killswitch. Right. And Didn't know Seamless. I wasn't into them. Really, what? What? really not. Just again, just incredibly, probably really bluesy, soft rock. Right, okay. Um, probably like almost like, if I remember rightly, sort of like Southern rock okay. type band. Just not what I wanted to listen to in 2005. I wanted Killswitch Engage. I wanted there uh, it is. All, you know, Trivium and All That Remains at that time. I was with Chimera. There's another band I've not said. Oh my God, yeah. Another Roadrunner sort of yes. band. God, yeah. So you had... so. Yeah, you've you've got you've got Mike who's done artwork, you've done Jesse who's contributed to bands, you've got Adam who has like as we've established almost made the sound we're even talking about Definitely. by producing other bands. You've then got Howard Jones who's came in. Howard Jones has also then gone on and contributed to more bands and albums and stuff like that. He's Where would we be recently? Shit. I've totally Forgot. He he recently has just like turned up in in various bands doing being Howard Jones. Why not? And because clearly he's a really talented vocalist. Why wouldn't you? So I've got here. His first band was called The Blood Has Been Shed. Then he was in Killswitch. Then he's done Light the Torch, formerly Devil. You know, I've heard of some some stuff from Light the Torch. Pretty good. Pretty good stuff from the Light the Torch, although I'm not going to say on all of it's good because I haven't listened yeah, to it. Yeah, he was that. on an Every Time I Die song. Howard was? Yep. Shut up. Last Night in Town. He did Rest Inside the Flames with Crazy Fists. I'm going gonna, gonna to have to listen to Punch. It's, it's the, 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 the album Last Night in Town. It's He's on the song Punch Drunk, Punk Rock Romance. The Dagger, his song on Roadrunner United, yeah. is a jam that was a banger like I mean he, he was obviously prime kill switch at the time not that that really means anything 18 but like, Visions he's a guest appearance on as well yeah. fuck I mean there, there we go so we've got we, we have to establish that it isn't just the band kill switch engage but the all the members who've been involved in it are just instrumental in their contribution to yeah. the, to the genre to the to the sound before we go because I think we've been talking about Killswitch for a bloody long time. They're doing well, yeah. But before I, before we go, we have to talk about Holy Diver. What a jam! What like what a jam? That is a nightclub there's, banger. There's just some covers. Some people will absolutely butcher and murder and fuck up a cover, and some people will make it their own. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on on record. I am a huge fan of the band Rainbow. Okay. So that was Dio before he went on solo. Really? Yeah. I did not Dio know was a singer with, original singer with Rainbow. Prior to Since You, if, if you know Rainbow for the song Since You've Been Gone, mm-hmm. that was not Dio. That was that was then their next vocalist. I think that's what I was thinking. A fantastic about. fact about um, Rainbow is that I don't think any album shared the same lineup. 
right, okay. that Rainbow made. They they changed lineup per album. Right, got you. Dio is the only other than Richie Blackmore because it was Richie Blackmore's Rainbow. Sometimes they were referred to as Blackmore's Rainbow, something they called Richie Blackmore's Rainbow, just Rainbow. Dio is the only person other than Richie Blackmore to appear on more than one Rainbow album. Okay. And he was on, I think, I want to say two, but it might be three. But it was after being with Rainbow that Dio did Holy Diver. And when Killswitch covered that, it was perfect. It is. I'm so glad you said that word. It is perfect. Like, it is... Every, every, it just... It just it's i'm losing my words here like it punches like it is quintessential kill switch but the video as well with uh, give give adam the chance to i don't know the video's got a sense of humor about it so this is yeah entirely so this is also where i wanted to go with this it was originally done for a kerrang compilation covers album was it did you not know this i thought it was just it was on the special edition of As Daylight Dies. Because it, was a, it wasn't originally It wasn't. It's not on the original version of it, yeah. So, High Voltage, A Brief History of Rock, is a Kerrang! cover mount CD release on the 31st of May 2006, featuring many older rock songs covered by new artists. So, I remember this coming out. They, they, they did this after they did the Master of Puppets remaster. <laughs> <laughs> I have that CD. I downloaded that CD and I have it on my computer and <laughs> it is fucking grim. It is. But this this is amazing. So on this, you've got Fallout Boy covering Start Today. You've got Aiden doing Die Die My Darling, whatever the fuck those guys. Avenged Sevenfold did Walk. Pantera. Pantera, yeah. Yep. Killswitch did Holy Diver. Biffy Clyro did Buddy Holly. Okay. Fight Star did My Own Summer. Oh. Dillinger Escape Plan did Jesus Christ Pose, originally a song by Soundgarden. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is another song that sort of really stood out for me on this little compilation album. Was Still Remains did Head Like a Hole Ooh. by Nine Inch Nails. Fucking equally a brilliant song. Like yeah. they, I'm not a Nine Inch Nails fan. I'm a, I am a massive Still Remains fan. But that, and I mean, Bullet for My Valentine did Crazy Train. Another really good version of it. Crazy Fisted Digging the Grave, Faith No More. If you've not heard this, it's actually... Oh, and they put a tree you give love a bad name. But I think oh, I've was, heard that one before. I think that was done long before this album. That, they that released that before. The, they still play that one live today. I don't blame them because it's a very good cover. Wow. But this is where Holy Diver came from. And it was for this album. Oh, it's so good. It is a great song. And yeah, it plays to all their strengths. Um, 100%. Howard just smooches through the whole oh, not not smooches isn't, the, isn't the right word like just mooches through it just like mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm really sorry i did that but like he, he just the, the 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 personality that he has on that song is just fantastic ah the whole the whole song is a banger absolutely banger. and again it's a nightclub darling because whether you are 30 year old listening you that heard this song in 2006 or 2007 or whether you're a 50 year old who was a fan of rainbow in 1976 or, or you know or a deal fan in the 70s yeah you're gonna love this when they when they play it so good it's brilliant uh, so a good, good, good one to end on that well so keith what are you gonna take us through next week then as it's your your shout it is now christ i didn't realize so round so we kind of we've jumped ahead a little bit 
by covering all of Kill Switch. Obviously, yeah, we, that we're taking that right up to 2019. Alive or Just Breathing was what, what did we say? 2002. 2002. Yeah. So a bit of a turn from Kill Switch. Other stuff I was listening to at this time was we've we've discussed Faf previously, and round about the time of Faf was also Hundred Reasons and Hell is for Heroes. Yeah. Totally into those bands. Like I remember a friend of ours, Ross Higgins, saying, you know, that was sort of like British emo at the time. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. To, I'd get that. You know, as as much as I was like, well, Faf are more of the the emo, but like, you know, for some reason. Hell is for Heroes seem to fall into that as well. So I was very much in, into those guys. So and and I'd seen them live. So let's let's stick with the time frame and let's have a little discussion. I'm going to put the two of them together because I don't think each one's an episode. So let's talk about hundred reasons, ideas above our station, and Hell is for Heroes, Neon Handshake. Great. I'm looking forward to it. I was a big Hundred Reasons fan. Yeah. I. I've seen them live by choice, not just at the festival, but I've gone out of my way to buy a hundred reasons ticket. Good so yeah, big fan of the band. Uh Hell is for Heroes, aware of, but mm-hmm. um I I'm looking forward to going back. I remember the, the big songs. Might be off the f- next album, but yeah, I'm happy happy to go back and have a have a listen to something around the time because there are bands like you call it as 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 the the phrase was coined of the British emo phase. Yeah, there was a band that I was into very you know very much in this vein that I'll probably do afterwards. So ah, that's that's worked. To you. I mean, fuck kill switch engage, but this is timed quite nicely. Yeah, we, I think this is good. This was a good episode to do for this uh, to get this sort of discussion out of it. Um, I've had a lot of fun going over the you know the what was what worked for this band and where we stand with them yeah. today. And obviously, we've just named a fucking podcast after one of their albums. So clearly, a lot of respect for this band. I mean, we also just found it really funny. But like, <laughs> loads of respect for the band. I would not be here without them. We wouldn't be here without them. So many good times and listen to their music. And, you know, whether it was in the car or nightclubs or just doing whatever i i will forever respect this band because they did a lot of really good stuff yeah and to be fair nothing really bad i just wasn't with them a hundred percent so my tastes changed their sound didn't yeah and that's probably the, the the tldr of this whole thing and that's totally cool and that is totally cool so lav without further ado take us home well thanks very much everyone for listening uh, we have been alive or just blethering oh, i can't believe you nailed it every time uh check us out on instagram I, you can check us out on twitter but i've not logged in for about six weeks and uh, you can uh, you know reach out to us on instagram really that's probably our best best call drop us a like drop us a comment we're always going to reply and uh, yeah thank you very much for listening goodbye Next time we won't be in the same room. It's been amazing, but good night.